0: Good morning, family. Merry Christmas to you guys. Good to see you guys here. Uh, Thanks for spending Christmas with us as we worship our King. I feel like we're kind of like making a memory here. You know, this is great. I love it. Uh, You guys have probably figured out we're doing this family style today, Uh, so our service is going to be a little squirmier than usual. We like that. Um, and, And Dan, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the little kids, okay? So anyway, hey, has anyone opened up presents yet? Anybody? A few of you? Cool. Did you get anything? Good? A rock? What'd you get? Anything good? We haven't opened our presents yet. We we did stockings this morning. We're going to do presents later. Um, So listen, hey, I know everyone's excited about getting back and playing with the toys, and we're excited about taking photos of the kids and the grandkids and eating the food. I'm excited uh, myself about getting back into my PJs, and I'm not joking around about that. But here's what I I want us to do, okay, for the next few minutes. Here's what I want all of us to do. I want us to be here. Can we do that? I want us to be here, like in this room, your minds in this moment right here together, okay? Here's why. I believe that the creator of the universe actually has something to say to us today that's wonderful. And I don't want anyone to miss it. So can we do that just for a few minutes, all right? We're going to talk about and read about the wonderful gift that God has given to us. And I just want to say this too. This is just the thought that came to me. I just feel like saying it. It's Christmas and there is hope. And I don't know who needed to hear that today, but someone did. There's hope. Okay? So let's let's read. This is a non-traditional passage we're going to read this morning, all right? John 14 Verses 15 through 20. John fourteen fifteen through 20. Jesus is talking. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans; I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will not see will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you, in me, and I, in you. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. So, King Jesus, we love you. We, ca- we have sung to you and prayed to you, and we're going to hear from you, from your very own words. Jesus, we love you, and we want to we worship you this morning. Like the angel said, glory to God in the highest. Lord, we want to join the angels this morning in singing about how glorious you are and what you have done and given to us. So God, I pray that you would help us do that today. There's some of us here today that we're worshiping you by faith. We don't see that you're the king right now. You are, and we're worshiping by faith. And there's some of us today, we see that you're the king. And I just pray for all of us, God, that you would help us do that, that you would help us focus in on you, you today, and that you would speak to us exactly what we need to know, what we need to hear again this morning. And you can do all of this through your spirit and in your name we pray, amen. Anyone ever been disappointed at a present that you got for Christmas morning? Obviously not this morning, right? It couldn't be this morning, but at some Christmas in the past, I have, Right. We all have done that. Uh, Relevant Magazine actually put that question out to a bunch of their readers, and they said, look, we want you to post on Twitter what was the worst Christmas present you ever received on Christmas morning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of the responses. Can I do that? This is kind of interesting, okay? If you don't know what Twitter is, that's okay. Just ask your kids. They'll tell you, all right? But, but here's some of the people. A guy named Logan Hubbard. I don't know any of these people. Logan Hubbard tweeted, my grandfather got me a dog chew toy when I was in middle school. We didn't have a dog. <laughs> and that was his Christmas. That's a bad Christmas present. That's pretty disappointing. Uh, a- another person, uh, they said, my grandpa—I uh, think it was a girl—a grandpa got me an off-brand Barbie on a stretcher, made complete with a bag of blood filled with real liquid. I was seven. So, way to go, Grandpa. That's what every girl wants on Christmas morning. These are awful gifts. These are real gifts, too. Shannon Smelt tweets, My mother-in-law got me mustache remover cream. That's right. For Christmas in front of the whole family. Classy. Uh, Amy Boschers tweeted, Mom gave me a snow globe for Christmas as my gift. Of the Titanic. Sinking. Nothing says Merry Christmas like a tragedy. Uh, and maybe, maybe that 's you this morning. Maybe uh, you know you woke up and Christmas has kind of been a tragedy for you. You walked into your living room and you were disappointed by who was or wasn't there. Uh, maybe you tore into some presents this morning and saw that package, and you were disappointed by it. And you can kind of relate to that. The good news is that God has given us a gift. That does not disappoint, and He will not disappoint us. He has given us the gift of Himself, family. Now, the last few weeks, we've been talking about God with us and God for us, and today, we're talking about God in us. Through the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God actually comes to live in us. Can you believe that? That's incredible. That's God's wonderful gift to us, and it does not disappoint us and so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit we're going to talk about this gift God has given to us God's gift gives us power to change this gift gives us power to actually change you know we all have things about ourselves that we want to improve you know uh, we also have things uh, in our life that we know like I need to change this I need to change it or bad things are going to happen in my life We all have that, but as we begin to look at the things that do need to change our life, it's pretty easy for us to recognize that we are guided, actually, by what we love the most. Have you thought about that? Our life is guided by what we love the most. We make decisions not merely by what our brain believes is true, but by what our heart loves. And when I say heart, I want you to understand I'm not talking about an emotion, When I say heart, I mean the core command center of our life. The heart, biblically, is our emotional passions, our rational beliefs, and our determined will all rolled into one so when I talk about heart, when the Bible talks about heart, that's what it's talking about. The core of who we are, the center of who we are, that's our heart. And that's what drives us, and that's what directs our life. Proverbs 4, 23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Why? Here's the answer. For from it, from the heart, flows the springs of life. We live out of our heart. We do what we love the most. What that means for us is this. Whatever our heart treasures the most is going to control us. Amen? Whatever we love the most, that's what's going to control us. I'm talking about in real time, in the moment. That's what's going to dictate our life and the decisions we make. So when you look over your life this past week, brothers and sisters when you look at how you behaved this week, when you look at what your mind drifted into daydreaming about, when you looked at what you said and came out of your mouth, what you thought of, how you acted or reacted, when you look at your life just over just maybe just this week, what were you loving? What were you loving in those moments? How would you finish this sentence? Well, my heart treasures, and you fill in the blank for you. My heart treasures money. My heart treasures how would you fill that in? Comfort. My heart treasures privacy. What would that be? Control. Uh, we got some young people in the room. How would you finish that sentence? My heart treasures candy. My heart treasures toys. How would you What, what, what is it that you're loving? My heart treasures screen time. My heart treasures being first in line. How would you do that? See, there's things in our life that we wish we could change, and the reason that they don't change is because, listen, we are focused on changing our behavior instead of focusing on changing what our heart loves. We've got to get to the heart of the matter. See, we lie instead of tell the truth. Why? Because in that moment, we're loving something. That's why. We steal instead of work. We are hostile to people instead of hospitable we avoid responsibility instead of embracing responsibility because our heart is loving something in that moment and so we cannot we can't change those often destructive things about our self until we love something more is this making sense and into the situation that we have god gives us the gift of his very own spirit and here's what he says about this gift John 14, verses 15 through 16. He says, if you love me, he's talking about heart, what we love. Jesus knows this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Jesus says he's going to change how we live by changing what we love. Jesus says he is going to help us love him the most. Now, how is he going to do that? We love a lot of things. How does he plan on doing this? He says it right here by sending a helper. This is how we talk about God with our kids. Hey, you need a helper, don't you? It's hard to obey. Yes, it's hard to obey. You need a helper. Hey, God gives you a helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the powerful presence of God inside of us that changes what we love the most. When God's Spirit takes up residency inside of us, He starts moving the furniture around where He likes it. He starts repainting the walls the color that, that He likes You understand what I'm saying? He changes us when He comes to reside in us. Now, He doesn't change our personality. All right? he did, that's not what I'm talking about. He, didn't make, he doesn't like change an introvert into an extrovert life of the party all of a sudden. All right? He doesn't change an art lover into a bow hunter all of a sudden. That's not what it means. He changes our desires. His, our desires in respect to God, in respect to life, in respect to sin, these types of things. So we start wanting to know God. We actually start wanting to know what he says about X. What God says actually starts making sense to us. It starts looking attractive to us all of a sudden. Why? Because we love him now. And guess what? You know this. When you love someone, you want to do whatever it takes to be with that person. You want to be with them. You want to get to know them. You want to spend time with them. And at the very same time, we start hating sinful desires that control our life, rebelling against God, rebelling against what God wants, what God wishes. That starts looking foolish to us now instead of attractive. Why? Because we love him now. We want to be with him. We want to walk along with him. And here's how Paul explains this phenomenon in Romans 8. He says, For those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The greatest gift we could receive from God is God living in us. And here's what that means. Here's what God in us means for us. Are you guys ready for this? You don't look ready. i got to be honest. You don't look ready. You guys ready? Come on, talk to me. All right. Here's what this means. God in us. We can change. Like we can change. It's actually possible for us to be free from all the junk that is sabotaging our life that's what it means that's a pretty big deal all that stuff all the anger the loneliness the greediness the jealousy the need to be in control of people that need to be in control of situations Have the perfect Christmas, the whole Clark Griswold syndrome. We can be free from that stuff sabotaging our life. God the Holy Spirit is our helper, and he promises to change our heart by causing us to love the Lord more than anything else. It's not that we don't love anything else. It's that we love him more than anything else. And so how does he do this? Well, God's gift puts light on God. He does this by putting light, shining light on God. Check out verses 16 and 17 again. And I, this is Jesus. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. So this helper is going to be like him. I'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So the helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, neither sees him, nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells, he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit changes how we live by changing what we love. Or maybe it would be better to put who we love. Now, how does the Spirit help us love God the most? Jesus tells us right here, by putting light on God. He shines light on God. He actually helps us see that what God has accomplished, he's accomplished something wonderful and glorious for us through the coming of Jesus Christ. And we look at that differently now. We see that as, am- as amazing as it actually is. When God lives in us, the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus are not things we consider fairy tales anymore. The, life birth, uh, the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus are not things that we yawn at anymore. Oh, Jesus was born, and he lived, and he died for me, and rose from the dead. (sighs) When's lunch? We don't do that anymore. Something's fundamentally changed about us. Through the Spirit of God residing in us, those events become clearly the greatest acts of mercy and love that anyone has dared to do for us on our behalf. They get the right right light put on them, then they get put in the proper place in our heart. Instead of seeing how God liberated us from bondage and yawning at that and seeing that's boring, we see now God liberated from bondage and death. And we love Him. We actually get excited about that. We smile. Paul says in 1 Corinthians two twelve. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who see the spirit is a person. The spirit who is from God, and here's why that we might understand, that we might understand. Implied, you didn't understand. We have the Spirit that we might understand things freely given us by God. When we see the humiliation that Christ underwent from the moment of His birth all through His life being a human like us, when we see the torturous pain He endured on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and we might have life forever in His name, when we see His immense generosity by sharing the riches of His own Spirit with us, when our eyes are open to how wonderful all of that is, wow, that makes us love him. That makes us want to say thank you with my whole life. It reorders all of our other loves to where we love him the most. That's how he does it. There's another way that the Holy Spirit changes what we love. God's gift gives us intimate knowledge With God. He gives us intimate knowledge of God. Look at verses 18 and 20. I will not leave you as orphans. That's such a great promise when you're feeling like an orphan, isn't it? (laughs) I will not leave you like orphans. I will come to you. Verse 20. In that day. In which day? In the day that he comes to you. In that day, you will know. You won't guess. You won't have a hunch. You will know, he says, that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am you. You'll know you're mine. You're mine, and I'm yours, and I love you. Here's what Jesus is promising. The gift of the Holy Spirit allows us to know God in an intimate and personal way. We will know God experientially, not just intellectually. You know, uh, when I was younger, and I watched these young couples that had kids. I was in my 20s. I'd watch these couples that have kids, and I saw how these young parents loved their children, how they took care of them, you know. I saw all the stuff that they would put up with. I mean, hauling the diaper bags around and the running at, Don't go there and put that down and quit hitting your sister. Like, I saw all of that stuff that they put up with. All the messes that they cleaned up. All the moments where they forgave their kids and showed them grace instead of swift justice, you know. I saw that. And I understood that those parents really loved their children. And I got that. And then, I had my own children. (laughs) I had my own children. And in a small triage room in Springfield, Missouri, I became a father twice. And when I took those tiny, fragile lives into my arms that God had given to me, when when I heard them grow up and I heard them say, Dad, Dad, for the first time, and I knew they were talking about me and nobody else. When I come home from work and I just see their smiling faces, I knew what it meant for a parent to love their child. Like the awesome weight and the wonderful joy of fatherhood landed on me fresh every time. And it was great. I know that kind of love now intimately. My knowledge is being completed. My knowledge has been filled out through what I experienced for myself. So in that same way, guys, this is how we know God through the Holy Spirit. We know God and his love kind of like that. But that's like a pale comparison to what we're gonna know. We know his love for us like that in some way that the Bible doesn't fully explain to us. We know God's love for us experientially. So instead of looking at God's love from a distance, instead, like through a book, we know his love up close and personal for ourselves, like water that's just being poured over us. You know it, you feel it. It says in Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Remember, if you were here earlier in the series, we talked about Jesus saying that he was born so that we could live with God forever. We talked about that. Here's the gift of God for you today. Living with God forever starts right now through the gift of his Spirit. Living forever with God starts right now and never stops It only gets more intense. Through the Holy Spirit, we start experiencing life with God right here, right now, not just intellectually. It's like getting this Christmas present a week before Christmas and you get to unwrap it and enjoy it before the day comes. The day that we see Him face to face, we get to experience Him ahead of schedule through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? That's unbelievable. You see, Christmas is not just about God getting us into heaven, okay? Christmas is about God getting heaven into us. And so ask for that gift. If you're going to ask for a gift, ask for that gift, Crossway. If you don't know God's love intimately and personally, you should ask him. Ask him to put his very own spirit in you. And you know what? He will. He'll do it. And if you do know God's love like that, then ask Him for the ability to enjoy Him more and more. You know why? Because there's more of God you hadn't experienced yet. So ask Him for that. He'll fill you fresh, you'll know Him. Ask Him for that gift. He gives to us generously. This is what we celebrate at Christmas life with God. Right now, God with us, God for us, and God in us. This is the gift of God. It's God. (laughs) It's God. I'm going to pray. Love you guys. God, we thank you for coming to us and becoming like us. We thank you for making a way that we can know you and live with you forever. God, I pray that you would fill us fresh with your Spirit. That we would count you fresh today and through even this evening and through this week, God. That we would know you not just intellectually, like data and knowledge, but as a person, walking with us, talking with us. And God, I just pray that... Um, All that you've done for us through Christmas would come alive to us, that you'd put light on it. It would pop to our eyes. And you would cause us to love you with our whole heart. We'd open up all the doors in our life and say, you have access. There is nothing I'm keeping from you. There is nothing you cannot speak into my life about. So would you change us? We love you, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus, amen.